Listening to the Let's Go Buffalo podcast, your favorite podcast for all things Bills and Sabers, with a couple of the pals today, just Nigel and Tom. Episode 18 coming at you. Quick reminder to follow our social medias at Let's Go Buff Pod. That's Buff with two F's on Instagram and X. Tom, how are we doing today, buddy? Good morning, Nigel. Just just you, me, and a cup of coffee. That's right, baby. Yeah. We we were originally, this was Saturday morning for Tom and I at about, uh, coming up on 10 o'clock here, um, and we were originally going to do this Friday night, and Tom has had a couple appointments he had to handle. He was like, man, could we could we do like six-ish? And I was like, my guy, I'm going to be home from work by like 3.15, and just as a reminder, I don't podcast at home. I podcast in my studio. I was like, bro, it'll be a miracle if I end up getting <laughs> off the couch. What if we did Saturday morning and had a little coffee chat over our beloved Buffalo Bills? So here we are, baby. We just get wild on Friday nights. Dude, I, I mean, <laughs> well, you text like maybe it might have been last week or maybe even this week. I can't remember. You texted Jake and I and you were like, dude, I'm about to like cozy up in bed with a movie at like 8 p.m. And couldn't be oh, more thrilled about it. sounded great. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, that sounds absolutely incredible, dude. So, yeah, we're just, just getting old, just man. The best. <laughs> we're just getting old, bro. Well, I like the coffee. Yeah, the coffee vibe is nice. Yeah, it it's is. Kind of nice, like, relaxing morning vibe. So, speaking of coffee, um, since it's 10 a.m., we will not be doing a beer corner with y'all, but we will be doing a nice little coffee corner. Tom and I, for as long as we've known each other, have been big coffee guys. Um, so, this should be a fun little, little different chat as well. Tom, you want to go first? You want me to go? Uh, I'll go. I have some high society, highfalutin, price dropper brands, donut shop blends this morning. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> thanks thanks for the, uh, the the coffee snob setup. And I definitely stuck that landing. Yeah. Yep. Oops. We used to be. <laughs> if I do. Yeah. No, I still do. I still do. I just did it this morning. It was just just not in the cards. But um, if I do use, um, kind of go through the, the French press direction, I do. I have like the Vermont coffee company that's up here. And, Nice, nice medium roast, and just keep it straight up, and some half and half, and straight from the cow. Nice, we're good to go. Nice, yeah, dude. I um, I don't know if he, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I actually got this from our buddy Jack. Um, so there's this this coffee subscription that I have called Bottomless, and they, do you know, hey, hey, sponsors, yeah, hey, right, hey, sponsors. Oh my god, that, could you imagine? <laughs> so what Bottomless? Co- yeah, we don't have any sponsors, but Bottomless, if you hear this, we'll have to tag them. Um, <laughs> So, so bottomless, what they do, like they send you a Wi-Fi scale, right? And you keep your bag of coffee on top of the scale. And once it gets low, it just automatically sends you a new like craft coffee situation. Yeah. So like, yeah, you did tell me about this. It sounds delicious. Dude, it's been, it's been so awesome. Like I'm super digging, like getting all these different coffees. So the one that I'm drinking today is from, from a company called Blanchard's Coffee. They're up in Seattle, and uh, this particular cup is called, or this particular bean, if you will, it's called the Madre Laura Anaerobic Natural, which is quite a name. Tasting notes, pomegranate, dark chocolate, and grape. Um, Yeah, I'll read you the description real quick. 
This coffee, coffee, not coffee, coffee is super fresh fruit forward, which is true. Um, just like you. Just like me. The processing method makes the coffee a little funky and boozy, in a, but in a way that only augments the flavor and body. This is a clean, exciting coffee that doesn't shy away from being different. So shout out Bottomless. Okay. <laughs> shout out Blanchard's Coffee. Um, but yeah, if you're a coffee person, definitely consider doing some bottomless coffee subscriptions because it is cool. the best, dude. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds awesome. It sounds also like just the more of the AI overlords just slowly getting more and more information. A us. little bit, a little and, bit, right? And just trying to keep you just keep you have a slow drip caffeination. Yeah, kind of. And, well, uh, <laughs> I need it. So I'm OK with that to a degree. Um, yeah. What do you think, Tom? Should we should we get into the meat of today's discussion? I would love to. So love to. We um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, who's gonna do it? Me or you? Oh, I don't know. This coffee hasn't kicked in. Yet, oh boy, I'll do it. I'll um, do it. It's gonna be me. Oh no, we did it again. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> we thought that we should take this morning just to have a looser conversation about the merits of Sean McDermott in Buffalo. What when we're ready to set the case for Sean McDermott? I am currently. My gut feeling is that I think he should stay. But I'm still working through a lot of those thoughts and and the pros and the cons of it all. And I know Nigel kind of feels differently. He feels that Sean McDermott needs to go. So I just thought this would be a great way of us kind of working through this. And I'm sure all of you out there have your own opinions as well. And maybe through this conversation, we can get 10% closer to actually knowing what we feel about this. Because I think it's a, it's a really sticky wicket, you know? Like, it's not a clear conversation. No, it's not clear at all, man. And there's, like, we, Tom, so Tom was up a little bit early today getting our planning document together. And there are a plethora of pros and cons for, for keeping McDermott around at this point. So, like, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's really, 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 really tough to know what the right answer, like, is with, with any team, right? Like... Because, right. you know, owners, like, in a perfect world, like, the, the, the coach they hired has immense success and it's, just, and it's sustained success, which, you know, to a degree, Sean McDermott has had with this team, right? The, his first season broke the playoff drought, took one small step backwards um, the next season, but the, the following year, you know, the Bills became a perpetual playoff team, which for us coming out of the drought was, like, an absolute dream come true. <clears throat> I guess the big thing for me is at what point, because the, the, the growing, the, the sample size of, of Sean McDermott falling flat in big moments has gotten pretty big at this point. And for me, it, <laughs> yeah. it goes all the way back to um, not that first playoff game that we had against um, the Jaguars, but the, the next year that we made the playoffs where we were playing the Texans. And that for me is where the first big faux pas started because we choked away a massive lead in the second half. We were up 16-0. Yeah. We were up 16-0 like halfway through the third quarter yeah, like, and then lost that somehow. Right. Yeah. And and the instances yeah. of things like that continuing to happen are getting to the point where, for me, the sample size is too big where I feel like or I feel confident in the fact that this guy can eventually get us over that hump, right? Like to take us to that next level. You know, so that's the big thing for me. I'm not sitting here like slamming the slamming the table to say let's fire Sean McDermott today. I, I did say that in our group chat after the Eagles loss. We'll call that a little bit emotional. <laughs> um but I I think for me, and I know one of the big things is he signed the extension, right? It through twenty twenty seven, I think it is. 
this past offseason, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Terry Bagula signed him and Bean to a contract extensions to line them up. Yeah, so let's start right there. Is how many more years? So it's 2023 this year. Yep. So that'd be 2024, 2025, 26, and 27. So that's essentially a five-year contract. Yeah. Including this year, right? So yeah. so why don't okay, we start? Let's start right there, Tom. Like, what are your thoughts on them extending? And we can throw Brandon Bean in this a little bit. Extending the both of them before this season started, given that, you know, we saw glimpses of some of these issues last season. Like, how did you feel when we just went for the extension without seeing how this season played out? Yeah. Um, at the time, I didn't really think much of it. Right. I was still, especially if I, like at this point, I'm still leaning towards Sean McDermott staying like at the beginning of the season, I was still had pretty good confidence in him. Um, I also think that Brandon Bean has done a phenomenal job of every year putting together a roster that is even like better than the last, like since 2020, 2021, like I've thought, oh, wow, like this is probably the best roster we're going to see around Josh Allen. And then and Bean does it and makes it even better. Right. He's been tinkering and making it better. So I right now, um, Bean is safely off of the hot seat for me. He is he is happy to be happy. I mean, it, this has not been a couple decisions that aren't always the best, but there's no GM that makes every right decision. Um, I mean, I don't think I don't also I attribute the Bills woes less to roster construction and more to roster management. And not roster management is not the right word either. Roster usage, like in-game decisions, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Sean McDermott decisions, not Brandon Bean decisions. Right. So uh, for me right now, I'm not even Brandon Bean. I would love for him to stay through 2027. And if he continues what he's doing, let's see it to 2037, you know, like yeah. um, if he continues on this path. Um, so for man, so I, I it could have been a little hasty. You're right. I actually don't know. Was, was Sean McDermott's contract up after this year? Is that why they were like in conversation? I believe it was, if memory serves. Yeah, I'm not positive on that. If you okay. if you if you've got a couple more things to say, I can uh, try and float yeah. around and see. Go, that I'll yeah, go uh, go look in there. Um, because if if there was like okay, it's he's in there in the hot seat, they have to make that decision. Then I understand. And at the information they had at the time, Sean McDermott had made the Bills into a perennial playoff season, uh, team. They're one of very few teams who have had a playoff win in the past few years. And, and like, that's, that's the mark of a successful team that could and probably should make a deep playoff run. Now, excuse me. Um, it, the merits of whether or not that's happening is, is the issue. And that, then the other side of that coin is for me, at least is head coaching decisions are a team owner decision. So that's a Terry Pagula decision. He could technically, I mean, he's the, they're worth billions. He could, absolutely just burn this contract up and move on and it, honestly it'd be like you know having maybe a slightly heavier car payment for a month like it's not gonna be that big deal big of a right. deal for him yeah so yeah, dude. if yeah. if he needs to make that decision and move on then like i think i think we just do that and he eats the money and he can be happy sitting on his pile of money with his brand new stadium being built and um yeah. I, so i don't know if the contract to me yes it might have been a little bit hasty but I think if it's the right move, we've seen this happen other places. Uh, yep. uh, coaches sign an extension and then pretty quickly move on. Cliff Kingsbury is the one that comes to mind. He's down in Arizona and he's got fired at the end of last season. And he's he, he went like, I don't know. I think I saw him saying he's going to the Philippines. Like he went off and took his his big pile of money and was happy to be. And <laughs> Yeah. Dude, it's it's that's the job it get. I know, right? I know. I It's funny you say that. I was listening to one of my other podcasts that I listened to. Um, shout out after the whistle with Andrew Peters and Craig Reve. That's a great hockey podcast. 
Um, but they were talking about this college coach who um, just recently got fired and is still owed $76 million from the school. <laughs> so, like, just ridiculous. it is insane, dude. And, like, college coach is where you want to be, dude, because, like, those there's, there's no money going to the players. It all goes to the coaches. Right. And it's all fully guaranteed. Right. So, but to, yeah. to piggyback of what you were saying, I the contract extension. I'm with you on Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean is is a completely separate part of this conversation. I'm thrilled about the Bean extension. I think, yeah. like you said, the rosters that he continues to put together over and over again are championship caliber, and there's really nothing to question there. Right. I was starting to feel frustrations with Sean McDermott as early as last season. So for me, when we extended him as early as we did, I'm, I'm not going to say I was like pissed, but I was concerned, right? Because then all of a sudden it's like, okay, like doing it to a degree, this season almost like has to go well, right? Like right. to make that, to make that look good. And it, it to me at this <laughs> yeah. point, dude, like it just feels like it was too soon. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, right. I, do you think I, he might have made a different decision at this point if he had waited the six months and waited till now? You have you to at least makes a different decision. You have to at least cons- it becomes way more of a consideration, right? Like, it's yeah. it's not as automatic the idea of him getting a contract extension. So right then and there, that for me was a little bit nerve wracking. And now we're seeing the maybe not the worst case scenario, but like. Not too far from the worst case scenario, given what this team was supposed to do this year. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of it this year was execution by the players. Like, let's not let's yeah. not pretend the players have been flawless. However, there's like at some point. Right. Like the execution things and the things that aren't going right, like Sean McDermott is, is in charge of the whole thing. At some at one point or another, everything starts to reflect on him. Right. So, like, for example, he made the move firing Ken Dorsey. Right now, that looks like it was the right move and, and promoting Joe Brady. You know, why wasn't that move made a little bit sooner? I, I'm sure that's a really difficult decision to make. But what I want to get to here is now that Joe Brady has been playing really well, this Eagles game is really, 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 really sticking out to me in a bad way as the most recent coaching issue. Like, and yeah. there were just so many, like we, like our podcast, our last pod, like we didn't really talk about too much. We did a little bit, but like, I'm still so pissed off about the fact that he chose to take a knee at the end of the first half. What are we doing? Like, especially how Josh Allen is, was playing. Yeah, dude. It's just like, it's just things like that, man. Like, yeah, the, the Ken Dorsey firing of Ken Dorsey, that was the right lever to pull. There's just way too much here where he continues to pull the wrong lever for me. Right, like you get, yeah, you get the fact that we got outcoached. We can't stop getting outcoached by Zach Taylor and the Bengals, right? Like, yeah, that game was an ugly, ugly win. Getting our doors blown out by New England, losing to Denver. Like, I get that some of those things are like execution based, but at some point, it's got to it's got to come back on Sean McDermott, and and the Bucks got to stop with someone. Hey, exactly, dude. So like. The Joe Brady thing promotion was that was his last that was his last card to play. Right? And it looked good. Yeah. Looked good against the Jets. You can't there I don't think there's any person in the world that is gonna pin the loss on the Eagles on Joe Brady in that move, right? That was a little bit of execution 
and a lot of shitty coaching. So this is yeah. like, yeah. I, I just get concerned with the fact that like, at what point do we do we accept the fact that Sean McDermott is, or maybe not accept, maybe accept isn't the right word, but make the decision that we don't feel that he can get us to the next spot, right? Now, right. like one of the big concerns I have, or not concerns, but things that comes to mind with that, and this was brought up actually by a colleague at work, um, Andy Reid, right? Probably viewed, I would say, as a top five coach in the NFL. Fair to say, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Took him of all, maybe of like of top ten of all time. Could be. Yeah. Took him twenty years of of head coaching to get his Super Bowl. Yep. Right. So like, I'm wondering yep. if there's a layer of that, dude. Like, you know, is there? Does Sean McDermott just need more time to learn how to pull right. the right levers? The problem with with that for me, and I've I've been talking for a minute here, and I'll I'll pass the baton back shortly, Tom, is we don't have time, right? Like you have you have Josh Allen in his prime right now. Like, do you right. want to use this prime Josh Allen time as the years where Sean McDermott is still cutting his teeth as a head coach? Like, that's the other thing. Like, I just yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. I, so for me, for that like in, in that conversation, that's an opportunity cost, right? You can take the evil that you know or the evil that you don't. You know, you don't know if we we went through a like head coach like roulette for 17 years going head coach after head coach after head coach. Every single one of them coming in, talking big, going to be the solution, going to turn this around. And it doesn't. So I, where I struggle is knowing. Your an NFL team's ability to win a championship is based off of being as good as you can for as long as you can and getting lucky along the way. So we have been as good as we probably could have been. Like, honestly, like looking at just some, some like throwing some stats out there, the bills are the, of, there was some graphic that went through on Twitter and um, of all the, all, all the, all teams win percentage on from all four major sports, sports, football, basketball, hockey, soccer. And the bills were second amongst every, every professional sport team in the United States um, second since 2019 in win percentage, 0.697% win percentage. Like, you got to just be good and you got to be in the game. You got to, he's been 72 and 46 overall in um, in Buffalo. Bo, that's including regular season and postseason. Like, I don't know. I, I have trouble trusting that we're going to get somebody to come in and actually do the right thing as opposed to, we just got to get lucky. I felt like there's been so much that has been unlucky <laughs> for there the past been. few seasons, there's, there's been a, including like yeah, like injuries this year, Demar Hamlin incident last year, like the snow, the snowstorms in Buffalo, the all this stuff that has happened over the last few seasons. It feels like just like I, I don't know. I don't. Well, folks, we're back. Um, apologies, we'll get this figured out. Um, I think the biggest thing about Sean McDermott and firing him and possibly bringing in a a replacement is where what are the odds that the next person is the right person, or does yeah. it get worse? Right? It could it could absolutely get worse. We've seen that happen all the time. Yeah, for sure, dude. And I, so with with that, the, I, my counter argument to that, and I because that's that's what a lot of people say, right? Like, don't fire Sean because it can always be worse, right? And that to me just like isn't a good enough, it's not a good enough reason. And the analogy that I, that I bring back to that is, right, like if you're, if you're in a relationship, right, and, and things aren't going well, 
right? And you can see the writing on the wall that, you know, okay, this isn't going to be my person. Like, you don't stick it out because you're afraid of what yeah. what might not come, right? Like, you recognize it's not the right situation, and you move on, right? right. So, like, that's where my head goes with that. And I think it's really simple. Like, I think it's a really applicable thing, right? Because, like, I because the, the answer the answer also isn't continue to bang your head against the wall and lose in the divisional round every year with Sean McDermott. You know, you're right. Yeah. So you're right. It is opportunity cost. Um, Tom, you have a ton of really, 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 really great data here in this table. Do you want to walk through some of these pros that you have for keeping Sean McDermott? So, yeah, you guys can't see this. Maybe it might be good to post this in the on the social media yeah. actually. Um, but Tom's got this awesome table here of just a pros and cons list, and it's both sides are very, very dense. So you want to touch on some of this, Tom? Because there's some really great stuff in here. Yeah, we've perused and kind of dipped and dipped and dived in and out of it. But let's, uh, yeah, let's go through it. So I think for, and this is where this was just my way of trying to figure out what the heck do I think? Because I, I still don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, pros for keeping Sean is that is part of that you got to be as good as you can for as long as you can argument. Is that we have been? We've been. He's seventy-two and forty-six overall in Buffalo. He's the uh, the the Bills are the second winningest team in all four major sports since twenty nineteen. He came in and he ended the seventeen-year playoff drought. To be honest, I think that's a awesome feather in his cap, but that's not a reason to keep somebody. Is nope, ending the playoff drought? That's a feather. Hey, thank you very much. We appreciate you, but that's not like the reason to keep you. So absolutely, that for me is a kind of a weaker one in the pros column. Yep. Um. He has made the decision and made the right hirings of having these good offensive coordinators kind of come up one right after another. He had Brian Dable. He hired Brian Dable to be the offensive coordinator. Really made Josh Allen's career with Brian Dable as OOC. Then Brian Dable moved on. Ken Dorsey. As much as we didn't like Ken Dorsey going into like halfway through this year, he was an incredible. The offense was doing incredibly well. They were highly efficient. They're just not necessarily efficient at the right times. So honestly, of all the decisions, I don't think it's the worst OC he could have brought in. Then Probably he had not. Joe Brady behind him, right? So, like, his coaching decisions and hirings, I think, have been pretty good. Yep. And that's a yep. big responsibility of the head coach is bringing in a staff. And who do you who do you bring in to support you and to do the right thing? I, I'm just I, – I, man, I wish that we've been told that he has, like, a game-time decision coach or staff member – like I want, you know, like they're the person who makes the, do we go for it on fourth down? Do we, they bring the stats to him for that. Like they have, they have somebody on staff who is, that is literally their job. And I just don't think they exist because I feel like Sean, if that's true, then Sean would have made better decisions. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the, uh, the that person, here. that person is Sean McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're not a yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, he another pro is that it's clear that he's a big culture guy. He he has absolutely made Buffalo a place where players want to play. That's Von Miller. As much as we think about Von Miller and there's a sticky subject there that we probably shouldn't get into because we are just two stupid podcasters who probably don't have much of a place. Correct. However, when Von Miller came in and played the first nine games last season, he did look like Hall of Fame Von Miller. He was great sick. decision. And Absolutely. that we don't get a player like that without Sean McDermott and this team that he built here, the culture that he built. That's Stefan Diggs. That's um, uh, Josh Allen developing into the person he is. Like there's just a laundry list of people who of, – of, of players who have come to Buffalo to play in Buffalo. And I think that's that's not nothing. Um, 
and this is the one that I think is the reason why we're not going to move on to Sean McDermott. That doesn't mean that we can't have this conversation and that it isn't an important conversation. It's just that predictively, I don't think we are, is that in the end, this is a business, and Terry Pagula has been printing money since the Bills have been playing well since 2017, and Sean McDermott's been here. The Bills are a golden goose for Terry Pagula, and that's been under Sean McDermott's leadership, and I think he's going to continue to make uh, Terry Pagula money um, because I do think, regardless if we don't make a deep playoff run, I do think the Bills will continue to be successful throughout the regular season and getting to the postseason. Um, so I think that the Bills will absolutely still continue to just be the golden goose for Terry Pagula, and I don't think he's going to want to mess that up. Let me let me ask you this. So, like, if we let's let's say Sean McDermott really, really, really starts to go into a tailspin, like we let's say we lose out the rest of the season, right? Do you think there's a concern for Terry Pagula? Like, oh shit! Like, the team all of a sudden looks terrible, and we've got this new stadium. I I need asses and seats, a hundred like, yeah, big time. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a big like, bill coming. Yeah. So he does, right? So like I think like you're right. Like it is a business and Terry Pagula is a businessman and he, you know, he wants to make his money. But like I really like that's a big one for me, man. Like if if this team doesn't start to take the next step, there will not be people in those seats in that new stadium. And then he's gonna be it I mean really he's a multi billionaire, but that's gonna be that's gonna be a fat, fat, fat debt that he's gotta deal right. with. So I agree. No, Continue. that's a good point. And especially because now is the time to do it, right? And get get if you need it, if you're gonna make a change, do it now so that when the the um the stadium opens in twenty twenty six in two seasons, two and a half seasons, like right. you have you're established and you're back, you're you're humming along again. So yep. that's a good point. That's a very good point. Who knows? I think if <laughs> I think my 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 thoughts change drastically if we do look like idiots the rest of the season and we lose out, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um now, this is the one that I think is also really sticky for me is if we fire Sean McDermott, he's going to get another head coaching job. He's been a good head coach, like of, especially compared to other head coaches that, are, that are, are, have jobs in this league. Like, he's going to get another job and a head coach gets a new position. They take staff with him. Who's going with him? And I Gosh. think that staff, including what I already talked about with offensive coordinators with Brian Dable, Ken Dorsey. Um, Joe Brady. I think that staff has played an enormous role in the Bills turning around, developing these players and making a big deal. And I got just a short list here. Joe Brady's number one, right? All of a sudden, we're all enamored with Joe Brady. Sean McDermott hired him. Yep. And he'll, he, maybe he goes with him. Maybe maybe Brady stays on. We'll talk about this in a second, in a few minutes, rather. Like Maybe Joe Brady is the one who stays and, and replaces Sean McDermott. But, or he's, he's gone and he's, he's leaving. Uh, Bobby Babbage, linebacker coach. Ter- Hello, Terrell Bernard. Like yep. he came out of nowhere. This third round pick that we thought was just a throwaway. What are we doing? Bo- like Bobby Babbage is the one who got him ready to play at an NFL level. And yeah. before he was the linebackers coach, he was the secondary coach who helped uh, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Tredavious White, Taron Johnson, all develop into these all pro players that we've seen them um, at the last few years. Maybe not this year. Teron Johnson's playing out of his mind, so he's out of that conversation. You could say that Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde are kind of um, on their um, decline. But Bobby Babbage is the one who, who who kind of coached them up and took them from these bottom-of-the-barrel, end-of-the-roster players to elite. Yeah. Um, this is this is a great bullet point by you, Tom. I did not think about this. You're, and you're 100% right. Like, when coaches go to a different gig, like, they do – they will bring staff with them. This, this is a hugely, hugely, hugely 
important thing that you brought up that I didn't think about at all. And yeah, it's that, not only that Sean McDermott would take them, but the new regime would fire them and bring in their own people. Yep. Right. So probably it's Bobby Babbage. It's Aaron Cromer, this O-line coach who our O-line is the best we've ever seen in the sense Sean McDermott's been here. Like, yep. and that doesn't happen for no reason. That happens because of coaching. It happens because of player development and player efforts, but that happens largely because of coaching. And I think that I attribute that to Aaron Cromer. Um, for sure. Eric Washington, who's been, we has been discussed as being a defensive coordinator in Buffalo and other places. And he's the defensive line coach and currently assistant head coach. And that defensive line, that's the development of Ed Oliver, who looks like we have a, like a freaking steal yep. at D tackle um, Groot, who's playing really well. One of the premier run blocking um, defensive ends in the league, a great pass rusher. That's AJ Epinesa, who we kind of wrote off over the last few seasons, but has come alive this season. and is totally going to get a great contract this season. Yep. Um, that's Eric Washington. And then yep. Mike Shula, offensive assistant, who has been a great offensive mind in this in the league for a long time. And that's, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five names. So there's more, <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, that's the unseen – that's the unseen consequences of Sean McDermott leaving. And I don't know if this team can sustain that and or the players would get upset and they would want to leave because their coaches have left – that have done so much for them. I, I don't know, but I think that's a untalked about um, consequence of Sean McDermott leaving. Yep, it is. It's you, and it's like I said, dude. I didn't think about that for a second, and you are, you're a hundred percent right, Tom. That is a, that's a huge thing. Doesn't this, mean that it can't work, and other people can come in and do the same thing. But again. Opportunity cost. You're moving yeah. on from Sean McDermott, who's gotten you here. Maybe somebody's better. Maybe these other um, position coaches will be better, or they're not. <laughs> and yeah. we're, we're stuck being and stuck in the land of mediocrity again. I don't know. Right. This this last bullet point here that you have, I think, is really interesting. Do you lose the current locker room by moving on from Sean McDermott? What like so? Can I? Can you answer that first, or do you want me to answer it first? Um, go for it. Go, what's your take on that? I. Winning cures everything, right? So, like, if it, it it really it depends, man. Like, I really think, and a lot of a lot of this these conversations that you and I are having today, a big piece of it is how the season ends, right? Like, how do we look in these last one hundred percent? So, that's a big part of it. But winning cures everything. Even if you're having success in the regular season, though, and you continuously lose in the playoffs in the same spot, I think that eventually starts to wear on guys, right? And I think, like, at some point, like, maybe this year you lose a little bit, but, like, let's say this season had been going great and we were crushing the regular season and then we get to the same spot, we lose in the division round of the playoffs, right? At what point does that, like, does the removal of your head coach when you're only able to get to that one spot feel like a breath of fresh air? the team right Could so be. like it's yeah it's tough to know because you're not in the locker room but like I'm, I'm just thinking for me if i were a player and we just keep hitting the same wall and we're not breaking through that wall that to me i'm, I'm ready to see a new coach i i would think if it were me right i'm not a that's the that's the player. stefan diggs argument right now right, right. Of, he was upset over the offseason what was the drama was it between him and josh allen no it's that he came out and said it that he's frustrated with how things have been ending and he's he wants to win he's a competitive person he's an athlete who wants to go win the whole thing and he's he's not happy with losing 
And you're 100% right. Like, if that continues, more going to go join him, <laughs> you know? And he's definitely made it clear that he's happy here. He wants to retire a bill. He wants to. It's just that he also needs to be able to air his grievances, and I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, man. Should we get over to these this cons list a little bit that you ha- that you have going on? Yeah. Um, again, we've had talked about it. Um, the biggest thing for me, um, and I'm gonna just say one, and then I'll let you kind of take take over here too. Of I think the biggest thing is the coaching decision making. There's everything else that could be go great, but it seems like he just can't. Something happens when he's in these high pressure situations, and he can't do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's that's the prevailing thought, man. It's it's always. It's one thing to have regular season success. And and like you said, man, like so, so, so appreciative of, of Sean McDermott for getting us out of the drought, right? Like feels yeah. good to be away from that and be viewed as a team that that is a Super Bowl contender every year for the last handful of years. Right. But I think as a fan, like it's 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 okay to still want more. Right? Like this is this is a franchise, this is a city that has never seen a championship, right? So, like, we have high expectations, especially when you have a unicorn like a Josh Allen or a Tage Thompson who's 6'6 and can stick handle his way out of a phone booth. Like, you know, you get these you get these unicorns and it's just like, okay. Like, like here's the honest-to-God truth. The Buffalo Bills could never see a quarterback as good as Josh Allen ever again. And that's that's just... That's, That's just in the realm of possibility. Fact. Exactly. Yeah, it could happen. So, like, you can't sit on your hands and wait for Sean McDermott to start pulling the right levers in these high-pressure situations. So, like, a couple of things here. Four and five in the playoffs, okay? That's not great. It's also not, also not terrible. This is the big one for me. One and six in overtime games, okay? Yeah. Oh and six since, since Josh Allen's been drafted. Okay, Josh Allen has yet to win an overtime game as a quarterback in the NFL. And for the most part, I don't put that on Josh. No, I don't either. <laughs> right? I I don't put that on Josh Allen for the most part. There's probably well, a few of them and I don't I don't have every you know game detailed here, but there's probably one or two of them that yeah, Josh didn't execute in the overtime when he had the ball. But yeah. for the most part, it's a defensive crumbling. Yeah, 13 seconds immediately comes to mind, you know, this most recent Eagles game comes to mind. Like that that Viking that Vikings game that we went to last season. You know, he threw that interception in overtime. Like, that sucked. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, so, one and six in overtime under Sean McDermott is not great. 28 and 28 in one-score games, okay. Like, oh, you'd like to see that be more, right? I yep. guess 500 isn't isn't terrible. But um, the coaching decision-making, you're, you're right. Like, that's a big one. Um, I, I want to I talk about some of these blunders, okay? Yep. So, Dating back as far as right now, you know, we're just looking at 2020. You got the Hail Murray, right? That's an ugly, 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 ugly way to lose the game. Um, the 2020 that was, so, that was so terrible, so frustrating, right? The yeah. 2021 OT loss to the Buccaneers, losing to the 2021 Urban Meyer Jacksonville Jaguars. Are you goddamn kidding me? That was a mess. Terrible, right? Yeah. The Vikings game last year. Hello? Like what a what an absolute debacle that whole thing was. Um the 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 you know the heat in Miami. I'm not sure like I don't know if there's anything we can do about that. Like we can't help where we are on the sidelines, right? Yeah. But like 
you know, like having the resources to make sure that guys are able to be hydrated, like making, like, like preaching to guys that like you have to take care of your body going into this game because it's going to be a bitch, right? Like the playoffs against Cincinnati, right? Terrible. Or even not playoffs against Cincinnati. Also terrible. (laughs) Also terrible. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Take your pick. 13 seconds, right? Um, Kansas City AFC Championship game. Early 9-0 leading that game. Ended up losing 38-24, right? Houston playoff game. Led 16-0 with more than half of the, um, more than halfway through the third quarter. You lose that game, right? Led by three with a minute 52 left against the Philadelphia Eagles. Lost. Led by one with a minute 55 left against the Broncos. Lost. Led by three with 158 left against the Patriots. Lost. Led 13-6 going into the fourth quarter of the first game of the season against the Jets. Lost. Right? Like, Let Mac dude, Jones have the game of his freaking life. Like, bro, that those three, those four, sorry that I just mentioned, that is fucking coaching, bro. Like, yeah. I don't know how else to say it, but, like, that's coaching. It's it, it comes back to coaching 100%. Um, I saw you highlighted one here in the document. Tom, you want to talk about that one? Yeah, um, this is one that I think is another just, again, opportunity cost of, um, and I've heard Greg Thompson, excuse me, whoa, Greg, I'm sorry, Greg Thompson from Cover One <laughs> um, talk quite a bit about is that having a defensive-minded head coach like Sean McDermott means that we keep our defensive leader in building and that offensive coordinators who come up and play for the Bills and work with Josh Allen do really well, like Brian Dable, um, go get hedge coaching jobs. And um, if you're looking across the league, there are all many of the elite teams have offensive minded coaches at head coach. Yep. And because once they're head coaches, they're not, there's not really up. They can't go climbing the, the, the coaching tree anymore. So they're there and they're going to stay if they're successful. So there's an argument to be made that if we move on from Sean McDermott and go hire a offensive men and coach like Joe Brady, like Ben Johnson from the lions, like we could keep them have them work with Josh Allen and then Josh Allen's in an offensive system that is the same for a, like a, a several years in a row. And I think there's, there's merits to that, that um, are kind of lost when you have a defensive minded head coach like Sean McDermott. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely, man. I, I mean, I still, you know, you still got defensive minded head coaches in the league. You got Bill Belichick, you got Bob Sala, but right. Like look at Miami right now. If we're just sticking in the AFC East. I mean, is Mike McDaniels not one of the, coolest offensive minds in the league right now you i don't know, know about like, coolest but yeah yes he's, well, I mean, he's, he's very dark smart. but he's, he's good <laughs> um and you know part of that like i keep i keep seeing people want to pin to as like one of the elite quarterbacks i think if you take away the fact that he's got two of the five fastest wide receivers in the league <laughs> yeah he'd be, he become very mid very quickly but he's still like everybody knows that waddle and hill are fast and they're still not able to handle it so like correct mcdaniels is doing something that's great there you know, and you're right, man. Like a lot of the really, really, really elite teams in the league, they're offensive-minded people. Andy Reid for the Chiefs, Sirianni for the Eagles, right? Like the list is is long and getting long. Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys. Yeah. Even you know, though he came yeah. out saying he wanted a defense, he wanted to run the ball to win games this year, and now he's putting up 40-plus points every game. But <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> worked it's out just, pretty nicely for him. Yeah, it's – I don't know, man. It's It's just – and it's, 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 I feel, I honestly feel terrible for Terry Pagula because like, it's, it's gotta be a borderline impossible decision to have to make. Like, cause it's such a well, big deal. 
right? Like for for a billionaire, I don't feel too bad for him. That's a good point. Excuse me for um, I don't. I don't feel too bad for him. But like I, still, right? Like it's 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 on him to to make the right call there. And so, I here's a really, 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 really big piece of this for me, right? That I think if if Terry Pagula isn't doing, he needs to be. Um, like, I want to know how the players feel, mm. right? And I'm going to cough for a yep. second. Excuse me. I agree. Like, I think the player's opinion of Sean McDermott is going to be a, a big determining factor here. And to be honest, as, um, you know, fans of the team, I don't think we're ever going to know. True. <laughs> you know, actually, truly how they feel. But, um, yeah, he should be having the conversations right now. And then again, at the end of the season, if things go well or things don't go well, go get the pulse of the locker room. And hopefully he already does. Hopefully yeah. he already does. You'd like but- to think so, right? Um, and if he doesn't, like, that's going to be a big deal. Does Josh Allen think he can win with Sean McDermott? I mean, we kind of already said that Josh Allen was the one who brought Ken Dorsey in. I don't know if that was the best decision, right. but so, but I think, I mean, his opinion clearly matters and yes. opinion matters of Mitch Morris and Deion Dawkins and Dawson Knox and Stefan Diggs and Micah Hyde and Groot and all these players who are like building blocks of this team. Matt Milano, right? Like players who are going to be here for a while, going to be playing in this regime. um, I think their opinion of Sean McDermott matters quite a bit. Hugely, dude. And you said you said a name there that I really like. That was one of the first names that I thought of that. Like, I want to know his opinion. That's Mitch Morse. Like, I want to I want to talk to guys like that on the team. Right. These like, you know, guys that have just been in the league for a long time. Like, do they feel like they can have success under this? Like with Sean McDermott, like. So, yes, like if he's not, he's missing out on a massive, massive, massive opportunity to get a sense of the culture of the team and how the team feels about it. Right. Like you right. have to be checking in with with the temperature of the guys. And so, the other yeah. side of that coin is that, like, if maybe they're maybe they are behind Sean and they are like, oh, my God, our head coach, our guy is he's in the hot seat. We got to go out and win. We got to go do go well. Do excuse me. Go play well in the playoffs. And they're going to rally behind him. That, I think that is indicative and an important data point as well. You're absolutely right. And it, this, that could that could solve the whole thing. If the guys are like, no, man, like, we would run through a wall for Coach McDermott. Like, he's our guy. He's the guy we want to do this with. Then you don't fire Sean McDermott. Right. If, if, if the guys, if the, if the players are, and assuming that they're being truthful, right, like they're not just trying to be nice and hopefully they're not just trying to be nice they're looking at it from the lens of my window as a professional athlete to win a championship is small right and i need the best situation you're absolutely right though if those guys are like if 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 mitch and josh and steph and crew and you know all the guys you just mentioned you know micah and jordan if they're all like no like this season was mostly on us and our poor play not on mcdermott he's the guy we want in this building then it's then it's easy then you, you don't him. fire him because then you right. do lose the locker room and you Correct. put you put the incumbent <laughs> in just a really shitty situation right which is so, why those conversations need to be behind closed doors they need to not be open to the media let let it just be internal conversations where they can get the true feelings of the team so like i wonder and i don't know this maybe maybe people do i'm not sure um like how what does that conversation look like is that just Josh Allen, Terry Pagula, and Brandon Bean in a room? Or is it just Josh and Terry? Or is it just Josh and Brandon? Or, like, I wonder what that what that group looks yeah. like. 
probably you know? like probably probably multiple it's probably multiple conversations you know probably. i think yeah and don't, I'm, don't quote me but i want to say that most seasons they have kind of like a debrief a checkout as you go into the off season okay we're gonna sit down with your your put your um position coach and probably sean mcdermott or you know somebody and have conversations of what were you know how this year go what was your expectations i'm sure they have those conversations and maybe it happens there you know yeah, in that maybe. kind of situation or or at some kind of variation on that i know for a fact that that hockey does that right like on locker clean out day locker clean out clean blah, 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 blah. locker clean out day is synonymous with player meetings with the the regime the coach right. and, the, and the gm yeah, it should be yeah, yeah. so i you, you gotta hope that's happening from terry pagula so that he can get as much information on how the guys that this decision would affect the most feel about it okay um let's see we went through our chart here what do you think tom do we like do we do we take a second here and like if we had to make a decision right now right like without and i know we both want to see how the rest of this season goes right if you had to make a decision right now do we do that do we say if we sure if we yeah. want to if we have... see him stay or if we want to see him go and when we want to see all those things happen yeah, I have, and I have kind of like my, I've, I've through this conversation, which is exactly what I wanted to have. I knew you were the guy to have this with, um, and this has been fun. Of it right now, I want to keep Sean McDermott. I want to keep him most, uh, mostly because I want to make sure that this team has been successful. In one year of less than successful is not indicative of of a of a man's coaching um, uh, career. Um, and the big thing for me is if we, if we move on, it's the opportunity cost. I am not ready to go see what next head coach we get and what next kind of position coaches we get now, kind of my next stop. And I am going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say that if we go and we finish this season, finish strong. And even if we don't make it to the super bowl, but we look good in that, in those playoffs, even if we win in the divisional round, we, or sorry, we lose in the divisional round, we lose in the AFC championship game. But as long as it's not a complete meltdown, like we've seen, I'm here for it. Let's, let's keep rolling. Let's keep going. If it's a meltdown and we go one and four in the last couple of games here, we don't make the playoffs or we make the playoffs and we, then Sean McDermott shits his pants again, then I'm done. You know, I'm done. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, I think for me, man, Oh, I don't think you fire him right now. I think I think you keep him for the rest of the season and you ride it out. I do for me, man. I I think you move on in the off season, and and and, and you know that might seem rash, dude. And it's it's one mediocre season, but I just and I've said it several times this pod, and I'll just say it one more time. The sample size of floundering in the biggest moments is just too big. For me to sit here in this swivelly chair and feel like Sean McDermott is the coach that is going to take us to that next step. Now, I don't exactly know what his replacement should look like in order to make take that next step. Maybe it's an offensive-minded play call or an offensive-minded head coach or what have you. Okay, that is not my job to figure out. But I can't I can't sit here and accept the well. We don't know what we're going to get because. That is not a, that's not a good enough reason to just be forced to be okay with the current situation. It's okay yeah. to want more. We're not greedy as Bills fans because we went through 17 years of a playoff drought 
and now we're perpetually in the playoffs. Knock on wood, because this season so far, not sure. Now that we're perpetually <laughs> in the playoffs, it, it doesn't mean we have to just be like, you know what? We went through a lot of shit, and this is still better than that. It's okay to just stay here. Like, no, dude. Like, I want to see a championship with these teams while I have, you know, a lot of my family around and, you know, like my dad. And, like, I want us to be together when we're watching a championship happen. Right? Like, I I, yeah. I want it to, like, you know, I want it to happen in my lifetime. Yeah. So for, for people to sit there and just say, like, oh, it could be worse, like, Sounds like an abusive relationship to me, you know, like, like, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong to a degree. That's... Not that, not that that's something that we joke about, but like, I think you understand what I'm saying. Like, right. You know, you, you don't just, you don't just accept, you don't just accept something that isn't what you truly want it to be because you're afraid of what something could What's be next? worse. You're right. You know, you're right. So that for that's me, and, point. and you know, like, like you said, dude, I'll cheat, I'll cheat a little bit with you. If we look sick the rest of the season and we went out and we make the playoffs, you know, my, I'm going to change my tune for sure, depending on how we look in the playoffs, right? Yes, it depends on how we lose. If it's yes. a, oh, my God, like this was this was not coaching decisions. It just we got outplayed. Yes. Okay. Like, you Which know, will be tough. That, that, that'll be tough to. to those to are kind tough. Of, like, those those to are tough. That line. Yeah. But you can stomach those. Right. Like, you know, when you're not getting like you, those good games that you come up short where they're good and it was a really even battle like. You can stomach those. They sting in the moment. But I know for me, I come back from those feeling good much quicker than I do losses like the ones we've had this year. Yeah. Yeah. um, Man, let's talk about Joe Brady for just a second. So two games in, he's looked sick as the offensive coordinator, right? So good. So let me me pose this question here, right? And I, th- I think I said this at one point in our in our Bills Buds chat. At this point, there's very little film on him as the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, right? Which could be, I'm not saying that is the reason he's having success. It could be part of it at this point. Could be. T- two games into the season, or into, <laughs> sorry, into his time as the offensive coordinator. If you had to right now, you like someone comes up and says, okay, Tom, you have to decide right now. Either Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator next year, or he is not, and he's gone. Which one are you picking? Offensive coordinator, absolutely. Let's keep him. Let's let's roll. Let's get him some time. To be honest, like I think that was part of the reason why we kept Dorsey for so long is because it was only like what was it like eighteen, nineteen games? Like, yeah. uh, no, it was a full season plus a half a season, so it's probably 25, 26 games. Yeah, something in there. Um, and which. I think one season is not enough for me to know if an offensive coordinator is the guy or not. Two seasons, one and a half seasons, two seasons is like, I don't know. I think this is definitely the right decision. But, um, yeah, no, let's – if we can keep Joe Brady as the rest of this year and he looks this as smart and as capable as he has and um, has the locker room and, and doing his best for the guys, like, absolutely, let's roll. What do you think, head coach? I Oh, man. Well, first of all, I want to I wanna piggyback off of what you just said because I agree. I, I would I would take him. I, yeah. I, I love his vibe. I love the way that he communicates to the players. It, like his his press conference where they were they asked him questions about that that mix up miscommunication between Gabe Davis and Josh Allen. He like he knows what happened, but he immediately pointed the finger at himself, you know, took took the ownership on on all of that, which is something that I feel like I've been lacking from Sean McDermott in a lot of ways. Accountability, 
right? Like, man, he I, he always starts every 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 press conference saying it starts and ends with me. He does. Yeah, he doesn't but, change it. He doesn't change his his actions. Right, but he like does own up to it. Yeah, I yeah maybe that's the bigger part of it. Like, it's one thing to it, talk is cheap, right? You know, it's that's the actions. That, I think he yeah. says it, and it's just man, we keep finding ourselves in this situation. That's so what maybe, I'm upset. About. So maybe me saying that about Joe Brady is me just having Joe Brady goggles on, which could be the case. But I to, to they're answer good goggles question, for right now, so they are. I don't blame they, they, they look awesome. <laughs> they're sick. Goggles. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I would I would agree with you, man. Like if somebody if somebody in my scenario that I post to you, if somebody came up and said, "Okay, Nigel, you have to choose right now. He's either gone from the team completely, or he is locked in as the OC for next year." I'm signing up to take him as the OC for next year at this point. Now, again, oh, yeah. we we keep cheating a little bit because we we throw the caveat out there for everything that we want to see how the rest of this season goes. But the big thing that I see with Joe Brady, and we talked about it a little bit um, last pod, but catering the scheme to his players, not the players catering to the scheme. Putting what he has, which is a good amount of weapons, in the best positions to succeed. That includes utilizing 17's legs, right? Yep. Things like that, like use, utilizing the strengths that are on this team right now, which for me are, offensively speaking, Josh Allen, his arm and his legs, James Cook. <laughs> every piece of Josh Allen. Every, every piece of Josh <laughs> Allen. Um, Stefan Diggs. Yep. Dalton Kincaid. Mm-hmm. James Cook. Those mm-hmm. four for me right now are the big. Khalil Shakir? Khalil, Khalil Shakir is another big one, and I – I put He's him, opening the door. He stuck his foot in the door and got he, you again. <laughs> he is. I, I put him in just a, a a hair below those four tier for me yeah. in terms of, like, the Fair. value they can bring. Um, yep. But, like, yeah, I don't know, man. But my point with all this, he's putting all these guys, utilizing their skill sets the right way to put them in the best position to succeed. So that, for me, is the biggest thing. You never saw that from Ken Dorsey. You just saw no. the same vanilla offense over and over again. And yep. not like, at, at the end of the day, dude, I, we're never going to know who it was, whether it was, I would imagine it was Dorsey because it's not happening now. But whether it was McDermott or Dorsey who was like, Josh, stop running. Right? Like, whoever made that call, they need to be fired to the moon. Right? <laughs> and it seems like yep. it was Dorsey because Josh is, is using his legs again now. Um, but all this to say, to put a bow on it, I just like the fact that Joe Brady seems to cater his offense to his players and the weapons that he has, which, you know, yep. we do that as band directors, right? Like, yeah. if, if we're going to pick a piece of repertoire, we don't, you know, I teach little, little kids, you teach middle school kids, we don't pick a piece of music that's got an insane bassoon solo, right? <laughs> Unless maybe, do you have a sick bassoon player? God, I wish. Not no, me too, but I do not. So I'm not going to pick that piece of music even if it's a piece of music that I think is sick, right? Like, yeah. you know, you got you to gotta use what you have, and you have to use it the you right do. way. So. And so far, it looks like he's doing that. So I agree. And then and if he continues, even if maybe um, a really smart coach that we go up against, because we're playing against good teams. We're playing against the Chiefs, the Cowboys. Um, we're playing Bill Belichick again. As much as you can say about Bill Belichick, he's still a smart coach. Um, we're playing the Dolphins, whose defense has been playing really well. Like, there's going to be some tests here that we're going to know. It's not just that we're playing some pansy off uh, um, defenses. Like, Brady's Brady's got a gauntlet to go through, and if he goes through and succeeds, then I'm feeling pretty good about him. Yeah. Do you think there's a world where he could be the head coach next year? You touched on it a little bit, but. 
I mean, there's a world, but yeah. then we go into that same problem of any new head coach. This is, I mean, this is Sean McDermott's first head coaching opportunity. Does, does Joe Brady have the same problems? Do, can he hire a staff? Does he know enough people to hire a staff? Can he run a locker room? Does he poop his pants when he has to make in-game decisions too? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, 100%. that's my thing. So I, as much as I like him, I think he should absolutely be a candidate if we're ready to move on from Sean McDermott and the season goes as we don't want it to and things fall apart and they look ridiculous, but um, he should absolutely be interviewed and have be in, in the process. I just, right now I'm not like ready to hand the keys over. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it is, it is, it's so crazy to think about because yeah, he should be a candidate, but you're right. Same story. Like he's, it, it would be his first time as a head coach. Like who knows? I would probably lean towards somebody like we don't want to just get lucky and hope we get the next Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I'd want to go and get, especially if we're saying like, Hey, we don't want to waste Josh Allen's prime. We are, we have a great roster. We need to go capitalize now. I don't want to wait three seasons. Um, I want, like, I want to, I want to go in and get a coach who's going to come in and win, take this elite roster and go and win. If that's, that's the change we're making. I don't know who that is. Um, I've saw somebody throw on Bruce Arians. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I want him, right? No, yeah, no. I saw that. It's like, I, hey, we should go get Bruce Arians. He's a no. successful offensive-minded coach. I agree, but who else then? Right? I, I don't know. We can. This is going to be an off-season conversation once yeah. we have that information. But yeah. I don't know, dude. This has been pretty good, though. I um, I'm hoping everybody at home. I, I definitely feel a little bit better about my where I stand. Um, thinking that, you know, I think I want Sean to stay, and I want to see how the rest of the season goes. And depending on how it does, I'll have more um refined opinions. Um, and I'm hoping everybody out there does too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, dude. I, I, I don't know that I feel better. I still feel very confused about a lot of things, but I just, I just in my gut don't feel like Sean is, is, is the guy, but I would love for him to prove me wrong, man. Right. I think we all would. So I don't know. Well, anyway, thank God we don't have any uh, Buffalo Bills um, football to uh, give us some heartbreak this weekend. We got a little bit of a week off for our cardiac health. Um, And we get the Chiefs next week. So we'll be back. Um, There's some rumors and some talks that maybe we'll have a similar Sabres focused pod next week. We'll see if that happens. But uh, if not, we're definitely going to be uh, coming in and get ready to prep for Sabres week next week and uh, and getting ready for the Chiefs. So thank you all so much for hanging out for us um, on this beautiful Saturday morning with a little coffee pod. Um, it would mean a lot to us if you would please share this episode, um, give us a like, give us a review on Spotify. Like, honestly, we, um, we've been, uh, we, we want to share this with as many people as possible, particularly this kind of ep- um, episode where we're helping all of us, inclu- like all of you and ourselves, hopefully have a better opinion and more informed opinions and more refined opinions on what we feel about this team, this team that uh, kind of tugs at our heartstrings. So um, these are my, uh, well, yeah. Please give us a follow and a like at Instagram and X at Let's Go Buff Pod. That's my pal, Nigel. My name is Tom, and you're listening to the Let's Go Buffalo Podcast. We're sending you love wherever you are. Go Bills. Go Sabres. Let's go Buffalo. Buffalo.